Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. And that is why we exist, to focus more on the emotional connection than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Hey listeners, and welcome to this week's chat here at Feelin' Film. I'm one of your co-hosts, Patrick, and with me, as always, is my best friend and co-host, Aaron. Hello, hello. I am here. A little under the weather, but I'm gonna stick it out. Are you under a cloud? Do you you know, need some water? Maybe it has felt like that all day long, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it's just a nasty stomach bug, and I don't know. I haven't been able to keep anything down, so I've got that okay. icky feeling, but not really anything that has totally thrown me out. You know, you know what I mean. Like it's, it's kind of in that you're not down for the count, but you're on the ropes. Yeah. Kind of feeling. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. So, I've, I've, I've been there. That's it's, it's not good. It's not a good feeling. It's like yeah. you're, you you want to get up, but you're like, nah, I don't think so. That's exactly. Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> but I love this movie. So I got to be here for this. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't really do this by myself. It's, it's not easy. <laughs> you, you do it pretty well uh, by talking to yourself or the audience at large. Uh, I would be like, what do you have to say about that? Me, uh, it's the same thing. You know? <laughs> that would be it's an interesting uh, way to do it. Yeah. Well, this week we took a look at Disney Pixar's latest anthropomorphic tale, Elemental, and we will be talking about it in great detail. So here's your official spoiler warning before we go any further, encouraging you to check it out first before listening, or, or don't. <laughs> really, it's entirely up to you. I mean, <laughs> we're on episode 373, and if you've been a faithful listener, you know how this goes. So... <laughs> spoilers abound <laughs> all right before we get into the actual movie uh it's been a while since i'd seen a feature in the theater from a pixar uh studios and i'd forgotten that they do shorts i hadn't forgotten but i it, it, it surprised me pleasantly that i was like oh yeah we get a pixar short this is really cool this one being called carl's date and i two things surprised me one I believe, because I haven't seen many of these in the last couple of years, this seems to be the first animated short that is actually based on a previous IP. Like the rest of the shorts that I've seen have usually been not connected to a movie that Pixar has released. So this is the first time that I think I remember seeing Carl's Date, oh yeah, referencing back to Up. And secondly, I was watching this... (laughs) in a theater at 10:30 in the morning. I think it was 10:30. Yeah, 10:30 in the morning and there was another like family sitting next to me and my seat was like it was like assigned right next door to them, but I intentionally just sort of slipped away for you know a couple of seats later because it, this or a couple of seats to the left. I didn't want to feel like a creeper trying to join this family of a mom nursing her child, a dad and his daughter. So it was a little awkward being in the theater. I have no problem being in a theater by myself. I do kind of feel a little weird being in a theater looking like this single dude, 44 year old dude next to a family watching a family feature. Like, what are they, what's this guy doing here? It's like, I work for a podcast. I'm, I'm a film critic. Do you want to see my credentials? I can show them to you. You're just their but, elderly son that's, you know, coming back <laughs> to visit. He's been out of town for several years. I was just going to sit in the back. I almost just kind of got up and said, I'm not going to do I'm not going to sit here with you. I'm going to sit two rows behind you (laughs) anyway. But uh, what did you think of the short? I thought it was cute. 
it was nice to get back into the world of up. I can't remember off the top of my head any others that fit the bill for what you were just talking about with part of being referencing another specific Pixar film. There probably was like a Toy Story one or there might have been one before Lightyear that was Toy Story related. I can't remember, but I, I did enjoy getting to see Carl and Doug some more. It threw me for a loop because Ed Asner passed away in 2019 and or 2000. Sorry. Whew. Yeah, no, that is right. This is 2023, right? Was it 2019 or 2021? I'll yeah. fact check that while you speak. 2021. He died two years ago is what Mata okay. was getting at. And so here he is voicing Carl. And that was a little strange, but they must have recorded this previously. I'm guessing um, it was very slight. It did not overstay its welcome. It did not have the highest level of like a powerful message that some of the Pixar shorts have been able to convey. It was just nice to have some humor and sweetness. You know, it's adorable to have Doug there helping him out, trying to get him back on his feet. And then, you know, as someone who has a father in his 70s who is a widower, and has gone through watching his dad kind of navigate at times the thought of dating again. I kind of connected with it because I, I understood what this man was going through. And like, there's a human desire for connection that is just gone. And it doesn't change the fact of how much you love your wife and that partner that you were with for decades upon decades. But there's a loneliness that can set in and, you know, it's okay to have those feelings of, oh man, maybe it would be fun to spend some time with someone else for a change. And I thought yeah. it really showed that well. Yeah, I think the benefit or the thing about Pixar that's always been successful to me has been their ability to tell a good story in a small amount of time. And this is not old man, the movies are too long guy talk. And this is just about the fact that when you talk about an animated short, that is the challenge. Can you tell a complete story in five to six minutes? And uh, and that's difficult, you know, because you want to be able to not only just get beginning, middle, and end, but one thing that Pixar is famous for is having that Pixar punch. I felt like that was a – it wasn't lacking in this one necessarily, but it felt more like a hat tip to one of their more emotional movies in the form of Up and sort of a little – almost like a uh, – like maybe a uh, – what's the thing at the end? Not a pre – but a post kind of epilogue. A, I forget what the word is. Epilogue. Epilogue. Thank you. Not prologue, but epilogue. I felt like it was kind of like that in a way of like, Hey, what's, what's going on here? We weren't really asking about that, but it was nice to be able to see what was going on. And it was very consistent with the emotion of that movie. So it didn't feel like it was just sort of out of left field. And, uh, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the short quite a bit. All right. Now we're into the thick of it. Elemental, all about the four elements, or in this case, two with a couple more thrown in <laughs> throughout the movie. <laughs> and it got me thinking before we get into like the quote serious part of the discussion. Um, little not icebreaker because we know each other. We have four elements represented in this movie, fire, water, along with earth and wind. And. I thought it would be nice to just kind of pose the question. You can choose to be only one of these elements, Aaron. What would it be and why? I would be like water. Uh, I think 
water is the ideal one here because it allows for some interesting traversal opportunities. Uh, you can get around in unique ways. And I don't think anything else would come. I mean, I guess you got to be careful of fire in some ways, but as we see in the movie, I guess you can always come back from that because evaporation. Uh, it's, yeah, I think definitely would be water for me. I liked the animation of the water people and the way that they move around and are able to, I guess, show off their personalities and show some, some interesting traits. Whereas the tree people in this are just literally washing, walking bushes (laughs) And so no thank you uh, to that at all. And the wind was just kind of, I guess, a little boring, if you ask me. And I I don't want to be fire. Fire's, I don't want to be everybody to run away from me. That doesn't sound fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In the context of Elemental, I definitely would agree with you. I think water is the most versatile. I think it has the most benefit to anything else. In the world of like humanity, I would probably say yes to that again. With uh, Earth being the, the close second, because of its ability to be transformative. You know, when you have earth, you could grow things from it. You can build things from it. It's very much a, a supporter, a servant of the people. And water is of course life. It's what causes us to thrive or at least survive in, in long instances. I don't crave fire every day. (laughs) And, uh, in, in the part of the country where I live and in the time of the year, which I live, water is definitely taking the top spot as far as like the element that I would uh, definitely want to be in this case. So cool, man. Yeah, I, I definitely am with you on that. All right. Now into the, the actual movie itself. So this is um, the latest Pixar one. It uh, has gotten pretty good reviews here and there. Um, I know you came away. This is really interesting listeners. So Aaron, of course, as a film critic gets access to movies before I do. And I've, gotten beyond my jealousy i've kind of put that to bed uh in the sense that you know it's fine it really is really um but we uh (laughs) he told me after he had seen the flash elemental and what was the other one transformers transformers yes he had said okay i've seen all three of these one is good one is great and one is bad (laughs) (laughs) And I hadn't seen any of them yet. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to ask any more questions because I don't want to (laughs) get, I don't want to get burned by that. And after, after seeing all three and after having a conversation about two of these three, I'm thinking Elemental is the great one on your list. Is that correct? Good call. Yes. You have deduced it correctly. Great. So tell me a little bit about what makes this uh, Pixar movie stand out to you. Well, I just think that it caught me by surprise. The Pixar team typically does a great job, or Disney, Walt Disney Studios does fantastic work with their marketing. I thought they made this look dumb, <laughs> for lack of a a more like intelligent term. It was not appealing when I saw the one trailer that I saw for it, and they didn't do a ton of marketing for it or run-up, in the run-up to the release of it, not like they usually do. And so I kind of went into it just because that's another Pixar movie, right? Like, I'm showing up because it's Pixar, not because of 
I knew what this was about and I was specifically interested in it. And then we sit down and we watch this thing and it's considerably more adult, in my opinion, than most of the other things they do. Now, obviously, something like Soul was pretty heavy um, and this is not like heavy in that way. But even that, you know, has like a kid type character to latch on to. And I just thought that this was a straight up rom-com uh, at the end of the day. And, and I was like, whoa, what am I watching right now? <laughs> this is amazing. And then they mixed in this whole multicultural allegory of sorts about different races and how we mix and how we view each other and what our biases, you know, prevent us from acting in certain ways or, or how they kind of influence our decision making in, in negative ways. Sometimes when we don't even realize what's going on, um, it's not necessarily like a choice per se. And I just thought that that was really great. I thought that the way that they depicted the fire people as coming over from another land and, you know, bringing their own parts of home with the blue flame and uh, bringing their own fire store. And there's like a little, you know, specific fire district. And I just, I really thought it worked really well. And it was a simple, but effective and ultimately really romantic uh, in the end, I thought, and sweet tale that was beautifully animated as it usually is. So I, I probably give it more credit than I would have simply because it was different to me and surprising to me. So I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying when it comes to watching this movie. And as, as I'm experiencing it it is definitely one of those movies that is standard to the pixar studios brand i don't think anything about the movie itself feels less than when it comes to pixar's output pixar has always been a company that puts out high quality for the most part Ironically, <laughs> the one movie that people dog on quite a bit, The Good Dinosaur, was also directed by the same guy. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's one that I have not seen because of that kind of criticism. Like I've said, should I try this just to complete my Pixar watch? And people are like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. It's just terrible. And the the history behind Pixar is that they just put out good stuff. So I knew going into this movie that I wasn't going to be disappointed. I wasn't going to feel like I felt after the flash and like, man, that could have been a lot better because I really had a a preset set of expectations, much like I do for the MCU. So anytime you put a Marvel movie together, whether it's the Eternals or whether it's Ant-Man and the Wasp, one of these kind of lower tier comparatively to some of your 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 A A list movies it's not going to be bad. Like even the quote worst Marvel movies are still good. They're still watchable. They're still sufficient. And so I knew that whatever this was going to be, it wasn't going to be awful because of the track record that Pixar has. And I, I appreciate the fact that Disney, even after acquire, acquiring Pixar, I, I appreciate the fact that they don't let, they don't restrict them. It doesn't feel like they've restricted them in their storytelling. 
What I will say is that there's a lot here that's familiar. It's a, it, it's not really formulaic, but it's a, there's a lot of themes here that I could latch onto pretty easily. And I think that that's, an, that's a testament to the fact that they don't want this to be overly complicated for kids. I did pick up on the romantic comedy. I picked up on the Shakespearean stuff, the Romeo and Juliet. I picked up on the allegory of immigration. And I think it worked. I don't know that it worked completely well for me because there was a lot here that could have t- gone further up and further in. It could have been more. And while it didn't feel jarring to switch from one thing to another, I wasn't quite sure as I was going through what what do my emotions want to attach to? Do they want to attach to this couple? Do they want to attach to to the girl and her dad? Do they want to attach to the danger of the city and the cultural like landscape that should change because of this prejudicial perspective. And so the setup is really good and it's beautifully animated. Like it's probably one of the more vibrant Pixar movies that I've seen in a while. Um, but by the end of the the movie, I was left going, that was good. And so it was like my, my feelings were level and they went up because there were pockets of really, really great moments emotionally. And I was like, oh my gosh, am I getting tears? Um, oh, it's that, that's doing it. And, and then it kind of came back down. And so by the end of the movie, I was like, that was good. That was good. And it was almost as if my expectations were met and they were teased to be exceeded. And then they just kind of got met again. So I left the theater going, okay great. That's, that was good. And that's not bad. And I have to be, I have to be able to good is not tell bad. myself great. That, that's not, a, that's not a disappointing experience. Okay. <laughs> I know. Put that on the poster. It, good yeah. is not bad. <laughs> good is not bad. <laughs> Pixar is elemental. Good is not bad. <laughs> Maybe that should be our new theme at feeling film. Good is not bad. <laughs> it's okay to be okay. <laughs> That kind of thing. There you go. So, so yeah, I, I I enjoyed it, and I think that there's a lot here in the movie that I want to just sort of pick at a little bit. Um, the rom com aspect, I think, was probably the most emotional for me. I I really enjoyed the relationship between these two. Um, I love the fact that because they're so anthropomorphic, there's no body shape. There's no like, Oh, she's pretty and he's ugly or she's skinny and he's fat. It's just, she's fire and he's water. And what made this relationship work, work really well for me is that it wasn't about the character traits that we normally are superficial about, but really about, and I'm going to sound cheesy. What's on the inside. Like we get this attachment about how he is able to, essentially diffuse a room like kind of get the world on his side and she is just so like like enamored by that because that's what she wants uh and we get that set up early when she just she loses her temper in the in the shop and he's just kind of like easy going and he and, and and it's just great to see how she sees that in him uh and that becomes sort of the crux for their relationship going forward yeah, this was one of the things that stood out to me as well, which was just the lack of sexuality and physicality in the relationship and how it begins as a really fun meet cute with, you know, him showing up in the basement and causing all these problems and then them trying to solve it. And of course, it getting worse all because he 
came through the pipes while he was doing his inspector job. It's just a really fun way to get them in the same room for the first time. And then the fact that they really just start off as friends as, you know, she chases him down because she needs him to accomplish something for her. So that's not even the friendship part. But then he starts to show her a little bit about the world and it's totally platonic. And it just kind of builds into this thing where it's subtle and you just described it well. She starts to kind of see these qualities in him that are really fantastic. And I personally thought that the voice performance was just really good. It's Mamadou Athi who plays Wade. And the character for me could have been so cartoony and so silly. And in every once in a while, Wade will do something silly. And I was worried that they were going to like lean into that and just make him this goofball. But they don't, man. Like he has real feelings and he stands up for himself. He's mature. And I was like, this is awesome. Like you're not just there to be comedic relief. Like you're there to say, no, here's how to be an adult. And Ember, you need to grow up a little bit and make some better choices. And so I thought, you know, that was played really well between the two of them. Absolutely. Watching them interact was probably um, my favorite part, especially during the um, the montage where this is one of the parts that I got kind of emotional. And I think it had to do with the original song that was composed. Um, I wanted to I wanted to text you afterwards and just sort of give my like the, to me, the star of the show is the soundtrack and the score. It's really, really well. This, it's been a while it. since I was That's like, no wrong. This is this is really good. Like I was I, I, I think that Thomas Newman is just great. He does a fantastic job with the score. And then Lauv, who wrote the uh, the original song, uh, Steal the Show, which shows up. I think it's about the middle part, first the end of the first act where they're kind of getting to know each other and having fun and they don't want to touch each other because it's it's just it's the flirtation and everything. And then it kind of finishes off at the end credits, which I think is great. It really elevates those moments with them. And I think that watching them together by the end of the movie, he is the thing that she is in love with. Not the, ch I mean, she obviously sees the change that's in herself, but I like the fact that she latches on to the fact that even after he dies or supposedly evaporates, <laughs> she sees his life as giving her meaning. And this is the kind of the Romeo and Juliet thing that I latched on to. I was like, ah, just kidding. He's not going to die. And I, I didn't think that that was going to happen. Although that would have been ballsy <laughs> if he had like, wow, that would have vaulted this up to a, like a uh, exceeded expectations level, because that would be, that's up level is what that is. I mean, just the shock of like, Oh, cutesy guy who challenges her. And then, Oh my gosh, he sacrificed. So did it, water down the ending <laughs> no it didn't it was it was good and, I, and i'm glad that they they stayed together i'm glad that they were able to live their life because of the fact that she i i think if she had left like she intended to see the world by herself it wouldn't have been as impactful because he's the one that as you said was showing her the world outside of like firetown and it would it wouldn't be as fitting if she left on that boat without him so i'm glad that that he survived 
And I thought the way <laughs> the way that he came back was was pretty great, you know, <laughs> butterflies and uh, whatever the other things that make him cry. <laughs> it's just so fantastic it is it's really creative just the way that they use the elements throughout the whole movie i thought uh like that moment where they're just the idea of like her making glass right because she's fire and her being to be able to be an artist through that and then the way that they solved the water leak the dam that they made all of those are just so creative. Yeah. And that's what I like about this. That's one thing I latched onto is because when I saw Pixar is going to be elements, well, you need to use those. And I feel like they did. I also was left a little wanting. I wanted more of that. Yeah. Well, I think that that would have been difficult. I think what I think what Pixar did was they recognized, OK, we're focused on two elements here. Uh, we can we can try to incorporate um earth and wind <laughs> or we can basically make them supplementary dad jokes throughout the uh, entire movie and that's what they did and look i'm a fan of the dad jokes love the puns love the like oh yeah that's funny you did yeah i see that's cool there were times it got a little bit too much for me i was like okay yeah okay we've, we've got the got the names great um when they went to the uh the windbreakers uh match i was like Okay, okay, I see what we're doing here. This is fine. Um, I'm just going to, I'll stick around and wait for this to kind of get through. But I mean, the fact is, the kids sitting next to me were just cracking up because I mean, it's just funny. And I'm not going to be the crotchy dome man. My son would have loved that if he had said, oh, windbreakers, that's funny. Um, my uh, my sister-in-law, she took her net or took her son and he just cracked up at it. So I think that that's probably the the substitute that you might be looking for is the fact that we had a lot of puns. We had a lot of dad jokes and a lot of references to um, the other elements in some ways that I think reminded us, yeah, there are no humans in this entire story as they're not supposed to. But I agree with the usage, the practicality of the way in which things happen. So I love that we have the tempered glass being used to block the dam. It's so fantastic. I love the the method by which they get through the city in terms of you have elevated trains that don't interfere with other parts. Um, even the way that the different, you know, just specifically for fire and water, since that we've, that's what we focused on for the most part, that was very well done. It was because it's what you would expect. Even like looking at it tangibly, you're like, yeah, fire, it's very, you know, hard edges of the buildings and obviously the the warmer colors and things like that and in in firetown you've got you got this this guy who's made of water just sweating profusely as he's inspecting things so it makes a whole lot of sense that that's happening and i think that using elements to sort of reflect this idea of prejudice not because you're choosing to but because you almost you physically feel like you can't connect i thought that was really well done now if you're going to talk about elements and fire and water, the science part of my brain starts going off whenever they start touching. And I'm like, okay, something's <laughs> you're going to lose something here because you've shown me early on that if somebody dumps water on your head, you have to eat hot sticks to get your, get your head back. I'm willing to forego that because of the romantic comedy angle. Um, and the fact that 
if you're going to say, oh, a, a deeper connection really does protect from those things that would otherwise separate us. Cool. I, I think that I, if, if that's the thing you're you're putting down, I'm picking up on it. Um, but there's a part of me that still is like, but scientifically that doesn't work. And then the other half of me is like, shut up and just enjoy the movie. All right. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I think that that was really neat to be able to use that ability to connect physically as a result of being able to connect emotionally and otherwise. Like, I think that to me helped it quite a bit as opposed to being like, oh, these two are special. Uh, and the fact that they can touch even though they're fire and water. So I thought that going that angle really helped sort of amplify that particular theme in the movie. Yeah, I agree. I think the only place where it maybe is tricky is, I mean, I, I too kind of had my eye roll moments of like, oh, well, we try to be scientific in some spots with like evaporation, but others it's like you're really stretching the limits. Like when they were going to go for that embrace or the kiss or whatever, I was like, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. This is not going to work. And then nothing happened. And I was like, oh, well. You know, I guess it works for the the metaphor there. But it's also can be problematic if you try to, like, unpack it too much, because if you assign race or nationality to these different elements, which is what essentially we're doing for most of the story, then you have to think about the fact that these people are afraid to be near them. but in reality, they're an element. I mean, like, no race is actually going to make you combust and burn up if they walk next to you because they're a different skin color. So it doesn't 100% work all the time. And I, I could see, you know, that being a little bit of a challenge where it, it to me, it's a conversation starter for families. You know what I mean? But you know what I mean? Like, if, yeah, if you're no, Ember, you walk next yeah. to a bush, you know, the guy is going to go up. It's okay to be afraid of that. Like, that's so, different. <laughs> I would be afraid of that. I, I, I completely agree. I read a review that was so poignant <laughs> when critiquing that part. They point out that at the beginning of the movie, when they're going to look for housing, <laughs> and there's a sign that basically says, dry leaves no fire <laughs> it's like you have a point you can't have fire in your house you can't because you got dry leaves that is made up it makes up this whole building so you can't do that and um so yeah i mean you, you deal with something like elemental if you're dealing with an element you're going to be faced with limitations <laughs> and, and the science of it is just going to do that but um yeah i think for the most part the benefit of each one of both in this case superseded the the limitations of them and the that perception of differences really sort of angles into this relationship that she has with her dad and i look at that and i th i had kind of I had varsity blues moments of like, I don't want your laugh you I know? thought of it as as well <laughs> I did too a hundred percent. But it doesn't mean that it's invalid. I mean, something is if, if even something's familiar doesn't make it like a bad, a bad element, <laughs> no pun intended, to use in this movie. I, I think what was great to help resolve this for me, there were two moments. One was when she confesses to him, yes, I don't want this. This is I never wanted the store. And I love that he says it was never about the store. It was about you. And there's something in the movie that 
I thought was kind of a throwaway until it came back and it was the other emotional moment that I had. And it's the bow that as he and his wife are leaving, I don't know if the movie explains why they left. I think it's because they were under attack or because the town had been, I don't know. They were immigrating. They they were just immigrating. So there was nothing wrong with the town. Okay. I don't think so. No, I guess I missed that. They wanted to make a better life for their daughter is essentially the hook. Gotcha. So they leave, but as they turn around, He's expecting he's doing this bow, but his dad doesn't return it. And it's just this this sign of like dishonor. Like you're not going to be essentially I'm disowning you, that kind of thing. And for him to tell that story and then it to come back later when she leaves to go on her trip and she turns around and she bows. I was like, oh, my gosh. So, so good. And I like that he didn't do it immediately, like that. He was almost like surprised. This is one of the things that Pixar does really well is they they. The expressions, they have to have expressions on their faces and stuff like that to really make things impactful. He waits, he kind of gives this look, and then he bows. And then they sit on it for like eight seconds, eight to ten seconds. And it's that wide shot of both of them. And I, it's just, it's respectful. It's like, okay, she's going to make a better life for her by going to study glass blowing or glass making. And she's going to be far away. But that mutual respect and it's like, look, <laughs> the generation after you doesn't have to repeat the same kinds of things that the generation before you did. And you can get into the sins of the fa- it's not about sins of the father, but it's about, OK, how do we how do we course correct? How do our kids course correct for the things that we didn't have? And that to me was 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 really effective, too, um, although I think, you know, I would have liked more of that uh, tension between him and her. Um, I also, but I, I did like the fact that there was never any anger. There was never any like remorse that she had to go through, although that would have made it more effective. Um, I don't think that was the main, main crux of it, but I did like the fact that it resolved in that way and very symbolically. Yeah, that was the Pixar punch moment for me in this one, as our friend Don Shanahan has coined that term where I was crying. Like I, when she was going to get on the boat, I was watching this with my daughter and I leaned over and I said, please bow, please bow, please bow. It was, it was much like when they were about to embrace and kiss for the first time. But it was it was even more meaningful to me. Like I the movie hinged on that moment for me. Like I would have been extremely let down if they did not pay off that because you said it all so beautifully there. Like it is a respectful thing. And specifically because she knows that his dad didn't do it right like it's so much more meaningful to him and it's her way of being appreciative and saying thank you for bringing me over here thank you for giving me this opportunity to go be myself and live my life and do these things and find out what my talents are and what my interests are and that is the immigrant story for so many people that their parents sacrificed in order to give them a chance to do things that we're different. And, and it really does like tie this up just so beautifully for me. Well, I look at that as something that is probably the biggest takeaway metaphorically, thematically. And that's the fact that you don't have to feel guilty or feel like you owe your parents something for trying to give you a better life. That to me, I think is it's, it's very much explored in these kinds of stories. And I think it, in this movie, 
said very clearly that that's not the case. When he said, "I this is for you, there's a sense of grace that's sort of extended upon her from him that says, look, I do want a better life for you. I'm, I'm making this store, and the store is an extension of what I want for you. But the store doesn't define you, even though I've created this great-looking sign <laughs> for, for the store uh, with your name on it. But I think the big thing is that when he says it was you, not the store, I think that lets her off the hook in saying that being able to do what you are compelled to do, what you what will make you happy, isn't necessarily independent of making your family happy. Because I think in that moment he was saying, if you are passionate, if you are satisfied with this, if this is going to complete you if this is going to make you feel more whole as an element as a fire or in our case as humans i want to support that i don't want to thwart those types of things and i think if we could take that into the human world it would be as parents if i look at my son and he decides tomorrow that soccer's not for him instead he wants to do something else whatever that is to take all those years of soccer that he's put in and gotten better and to lay that down and say for his sake, for his happiness, and the, to to make sure that he's going to enjoy the life that he's choosing to live, I want to support that. Now, if all he wants to do is play video games and sit on his butt, unless he's going to be a pro gamer, which I don't see him doing, <laughs> that might be a harder sell. But I think the same thing can be applied here is that I think he sees her as someone with potential. I don't think he sees like, oh my gosh, yeah, your dream, glass blowing. You're already great at it. No, that's that's Wade's voice in her head. You should do this. That's Wade's mom saying you should do this. For her dad, it's like, look, you know yourself more than I do. I can provide guidance and I want to. And if you're going down the wrong path, I'm going to tell you that you are. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your choice. And so, I mean, if this thing took a sideways turn, and she was leaving to go do something else that's not like her passion, or if she decides in a week, I'm not going to do glass blowing anymore. Instead, I'm going to go be a, a firewalker somewhere. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> who knows what the dream is? I don't think he would necessarily be absent from that, but I, I think he's a father who recognizes supporting your daughter doesn't just mean letting her do what she wants, but lets her know how much you love her and that you want to be a part of that journey with her in some capacity. And I think that moment where he bowed and she bowed is affirming that, that they're still connected and that he respects the journey that she's on, but that he is still a, a coherent part of her world. That's awesome. What you just said. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, uh, I'm, the more I talk, the more I feel like I'm going to puke, FYI. So I'm not just going to talk less, but what I did want to do is read this letter that Peter, sorry, TMI, but this letter that Peter Stone, the director of Elemental, wrote after the movie came out. And I this kind of ties into what we have just been talking about. So would you mind like reading this for people who haven't got a chance to see it online? Yeah, I sure can. All right. My name is Peter Stone, director of Elemental. I've worked at Pixar for 23 years and never has a story felt so personal. I'm the child of immigrants. My parents left Korea in the late 1960s and came to New York where they crafted a beautiful life and community for my brother and I. Like our main character, Ember, I felt this intense calling to honor my family and their sacrifices. They gave up so much so I can do this for them, right? 
I was drawn to animation from an early age. If there was any money left over from our family store, my mom would take my brother and I to the movies. Because her English was limited, we'd lean over and translate what was going on. When we saw animated films, I don't remember translating anything for her. The medium itself was so powerful and transcendent of language that there were moments that brought her to tears. It hit me. Wow. Animation can do that. Elemental is a love letter to my parents, thanking them for building such a supporting foundation for my brother and I. Unfortunately, I lost both of them during the production of this film, and I miss them every day. If your loved ones are still with you, please take a moment to thank them. Mom and Dad, this is for you. Sincerely, Peter. Thank you. I, I just felt like that definitely puts into perspective what his intention is with this and everything that we took out of it. And I'm happy about that. Like I'm thrilled that he was able to be given the opportunity to make this film and to pour himself into it and for us to get something out of it like that. Even if it's not, you know, the perfect animated story or whatever, uh, there's so many like unique little elements <laughs> to this. <laughs> and I'm not even, not even doing that on purpose uh, with the puns, but there are and it and they work to create something that is unlike a different Pixar movie or unlike any other Pixar movie um, that I yeah. have seen so far. And then and you also have his mother who we didn't really talk much about, but the adorable way in which she is like determining how you are going to be romantically paired with someone. And and that's another, it's not one for one comparison to some cultures exact way of doing things, but it's making a fun joke out of the fact that many cultures have a way in which they assume this is how you're going to determine whether or not you guys are a good fit. It doesn't have to be non-white either. Like it could be locally in the U S of you know, America, like in the South, if you don't come over to dinner to like Sunday dinner and present yourself in a certain way, you're probably not going to get the parents blessings as you guys being a good pairing. And so it's not just a, a matter of necessarily, uh, person of color type multi multinational or multicultural um thing it is just making the point that we all have a background we all grow up with unique traditions and unique ways of doing things and the experience of growing up and your parents have to navigate that and have to learn how to let go of some things. And you've got to learn how to respect some things as a right. child, as you become yeah. into your young adulthood. And I thought it, it showed those things so well to me. Yeah. The family dynamic is really great. I love that his, uh, her mom is very much into love <laughs> and relationships and trying to figure things out. And I love that, the three of them just genuinely care for each other. Like every time he starts coughing, which is you know ironic for someone made a fire that that's not happening all the time, but it definitely shows his age that they're both there to help him. He wants to, he's ready to kind of, you know, pack it in. But I think um, so just one small thing that I noticed was the way in which they use different language. So like, like Peter's letter, 
there were times when I couldn't understand some of the language they were using. They were using native language, whatever that was. But it made a lot of sense that even in, you know, immigrant immigrant communities like Hispanic or uh, or Asian, you're going to have your own language in that particular community. I'm glad that they didn't elevate that to a place of like, that's going to be a distraction, not only for the audience, but also for the other characters in the movie. But I did like the fact that it's still part of their world. So, you know, watching Spider-Verse, Miles Morales has a, uh, has a, has a, a black dad and a Hispanic mother. And that integration is very much on display. Uh, when we went to go see it, we went with a, a family whose mom is from Guatemala. And I was asking the question, was she saying things correctly? She's like, yeah, but there's a, there are slight differences in, um, in Spanish versus Guatemalan. And it, it just create again, even among similar speaking languages, there's nuance. And I think that that's something that the movie hints at is that there's a lot of common ground here. You just got to go find it. That family dinner, it's still family dinner. It's still valuable. <laughs> it is for Wade. It is for Ember. It's just, it looks different because they come from different backgrounds. So I thought that was, um, that was really cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it. So the next two weeks, listeners, you're going to want to tune in. We are, well, the next three weeks. Okay. Let me make sure I've got that right. The next three weeks is going to be MI Weeks, Mission Impossible. We're going to be talking about three Mission Impossible movies. Obviously, Dead Reckoning Part One's coming up. We're going to finish off with that. But these next two, we're going to go back to the original first. And then we'll have a, well, we'll let Aaron pick since he's gonna, he's been watching all of them. So he's going to throw a, a second one in there from the, the saga. All of them are good. And so I'm excited about whatever we're going to talk about. And so you'll want to tune in for that. Thanks for listening to this. As always, have a great week and we'll talk soon. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. These help increase visibility for the show and grow our community of listeners like you. We also invite you to connect with us further by joining our ever-growing Facebook discussion group. A link to that is in the show notes, or you can just search on Facebook and find us that way. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Film, or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places and would love to chat. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive. And keep feeling filmed.